the Chasing Progress podcast. Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Chasing Progress podcast. We have a three-episode launch special. Episode one, we answer your questions. We've been asking you for your questions on Instagram and we're going to do our best to answer them. Episode two and three, we turn the mics and we're going to interview each other so you can learn a little bit more about us. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy it. The Chasing Progress Podcast by Origin Gym. Right, we're going to start with 10 questions in a format of 10 by 3 to keep it with a gym format. So 10 questions with three minutes roughly to answer. First question is, should I exercise if I am ill? Simon. It's a loaded question. How ill is ill? Um, but if we're going to take it as if you're really ill, then obviously the, the answer to that question is no. Stay at home. Your body's already fighting infection. It's fighting to get healthy and get whole. So the answer would be rest, recover, come back stronger when you're ready to train again. But for those people that are asking this question and want to know the answer to if you're feeling, you know, you're not at 100%, you're not feeling great, but you feel like you want to move because it's going to lift your mood or it's going to help you feel better. Let's put let's put a context on it. So let's let's make it so I've got cold or flu. I'm yeah. shivering. I'm a bit achy. Got a bit of a temperature. It's not COVID. Uh-huh. Just cold and flu. Forget COVID times. Okay. Should I exercise if I'm feeling like that? <sighs> so I would say no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's why, so, why would you why would you exercise if if you had cold and flu? Again, it ju- this is just dependent on how you. If you feel that you just have to stay in bed and rest, then I would do that. But I mean, flu f- makes you feel like you've been punched in the face. Like, let's put it in context. Flu isn't having a sniffly nose. Flu is like you've been hit by a bus. You're telling me you're going to come to the gym. Well, that might be South African flu. <laughs> South I'm African from the north, <laughs> I'm from the north, so I'll be out in my shorts. Um, in the seat. I th- we all know that moving makes us feel better. Being out in fresh air makes us feel better. So by exercising, I'm talking about walking. So I'm dialing it down. I'm stripping it back. So I don't mean go to the gym and hit out PB deadlifts like some people. Which you could do if you wanted to. So yeah, I'm thinking just just get moving, maybe do a little bit of stretching, maybe walking. If it's not as severe as your South African flu, then maybe go to the gym (laughs) and do some lightweights. No prejudice there towards <laughs> South African flu whatsoever. Um, I wouldn't recommend going and doing a marathon or a max out Yeah, session. of course. In all seriousness, you want to keep your heart rate as low as possible. You don't want to be getting your heart rate up and you don't want to be making your lungs work um, at, a, at a hugely high rate. You want to be fairly chilled. Because let's not forget, strip this down. This is a stress, an added stress on the body that the yeah. body's not used to. So we don't want to add the stress of exercise because exercise is a stress on the body. Yeah. So when the body's fighting, like you said, we don't want to add to it. So yeah. just a little bit of play it by ear, see how you feel. You make the judgment call. Yeah. Don't be silly and go and do sh- crazy. Yeah. And I think, but that said, if I had like a little sniffly nose, like just a little bit of a cold or whatever... Um, I might feel like I want to go to the gym and I don't want to get my heart rate up so I might not jump on a cardio I might not like sort of hit a high metcon or high metabolic workout but I might come in and lift some weights because that kind of makes me feel good gives me would you go little, max out though no, would you just lift no 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 I just lift weights give me, give me a little bit of a pump up session and, uh, and then I'd, I'd probably call it there I'd keep my heart rate fairly low and I'd just kind of tick through it and I'd probably leave feeling better and I probably haven't place my body under a massive amount of stress but then obviously i'm i'm going to be quite tuned into how my body feels i do this for a living um and so i guess you know i'm coming from maybe a slightly different uh perspective but for your general uh, population you know like the public i'm going to say rest is best recover 
come back stronger. Right, question two. Is it important to weigh myself to track progress? <laughs> right. You go. I'll lead with yeah, this one. you go with this so, one. So I would say if you're going to weigh yourself, you have to weigh yourself properly. And the problem with common folk, <laughs> common folk. is uh, people who don't know how to do this, they don't track, they don't weigh themselves properly uh-huh. because it's ingrained in them to like weigh themselves once a week or once every two weeks. Uh-huh. And they miss out a whole lot of ups and downs and knowledge that they can gain along the way. So every morning, wake up, go to the toilet, be as naked as possible. Weigh yourself. Or just naked. <laughs> oh yeah, naked. Um, weigh yourself, log it down and do that every single day. Yeah. And then take your average for the week and then do it week by week. The problem is people, like, they can weigh themselves once a week and that might be the, the week, the day the heaviest. Yeah. The following week might be the way, the day that the the lightest, and you yeah. get like a big miss. Yeah, reading. I I don't disagree with you there. I think that's probably the most accurate way to do it, and I think that's the way we've we've told our clients all along to do it, um, and our members. But let's not forget, it's not just weighing the tracks progress. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. But if we're going straight off that question, is it important to weigh myself to track progress? You can definitely use that as one part of a, of a tool. It's an element. To, yeah, to track your progress. Um, we've spoken about this a lot before uh, in the gym. And I think one thing you just have to be aware of is you can't attach emotion to that weigh-in. It can't be a happy or a sad thing. It has to just be sh- like purely a tool that you use to collate data and put it together and go on with your day it can't be oh i'm a little bit down today i'm i'm happy i'm made up or i'm a little bit up today i'm down i'm depressed it's it's strictly a number that you use for data put it down walk away it's then that's all it is the emotional side of weighing the self like we deal with this every day with our tracking group every time the weight goes up yeah there's about 17 emojis afterwards yeah and don't forget people want to go up sometimes yeah so when they go down it's the opposite it's the same yeah it's the it's the rage but I think it's way easier said than done with that one. It's the emotion and uh, it's built in that success is on those scales. Yeah. So it's a massive learning curve and uh, it's an education to to learn how to weigh yourself properly. Yeah. You cannot be upset if your weight goes up by 0.1. You can't be... Elated if it goes down by 0.5. Having a chippy if it goes yeah. Yeah, down yeah. by 0.1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's balance. You, like anything, you've got to accept it's a long game and... yeah. Your weight's going to go up and down. As an average, it's like a wave. We want, Waves are going to go up and down, but as an average, we just want them to yeah. come down slowly over time. Yeah. So yeah, the answer is, yeah, it is important, but only if we do it properly and if we can add in other elements. Yeah. This is Chasing Progress, the podcast. Question three. So one that I'm dealing with is, how do I shake things up to lose more weight? Tone up when you feel like you've plateaued. Uh, how do you shake things up to lose more weight and turn up when you've plateaued? There's a few things you can do. I think you can look at your nutrition and look at your diet, see that, see what you were doing to get to get you to where you got to. Um, let's give an example. I think this one came from Ellie. So let's use, let's use Ellie as the example. Yeah. She's coming from not training. Yeah. So she's smashed it out for the first, what, two, three, four months now. She's lost a ton of weight. She's looking brilliant now. Yeah. And now is where she's plateaued a little bit. She okay. feel like she's like, what do we do now? Okay, but the body's dynamic, right? We know yeah. that. So it's a dynamic system. 
And if you're eating the same amount of calories, if you're doing the same things that got you to where you got to, your body now is adjusted. So you're lighter, potentially got more muscle and less fat, but you are lighter. And so, you, uh, you know, as with all things, if one thing changes, if one of the parameters changes within that equation, then the whole equation changes and you then have to reset the system. So, you know, for anyone who is plateauing, you might need to look at, do you need to reduce your calories again? Do you need to up your protein level? Do you need to mess around with your carbs? So I think if you keep in mind that the body is a dynamic system, it, you can't just keep doing the same thing all the time expecting different results. I know it's a bit of a cliched statement. But, but I think we can't always, and this is going back to the, the weighing yourself, losing weight, you can't lose weight forever. No. We can't continue, like in four years time, we can't keep losing a pound a week or two pounds a no, week because yeah. there's not, not going to be anything there. So on this journey, everyone has a journey, whether people have excess, excess weight to lose, whenever yeah. that's lost, it's then kind of like up to us as the coaches to help people reevaluate the goals. Yeah. So it might be a performance goal that people are now focusing on instead of a weight one. Yeah. It might be, let's lift heavier weight. God forbid, it might be, let's put a little bit of weight on yeah. and get stronger. Yeah. So it's important to reevaluate goals. So if, like take Ellie for example, if she's gone like through three, four months of, she's gone through that new phase, the honeymoon yeah. period, let's say. Yeah. Now is the time I would say to reassess the goal. I, I think reassessing is fine, or you could you could also look at it from the from the angle of that Ellie's achieved her immediate goal, and now there's potentially a period where she's just going to have to maintain and adjust that. Um, period where she's at and she can just stay there for a while and then like you said as coaches we can have that chat reassess the goal and then maybe if she's in a place where she wants to lose a bit more weight or whatever it is then she can go and you can readjust you know the parameters and and the things that that need to be adjusted this this is a good example because she's she's lost that weight initially now realize she can do other stuff so now she started running and you know she's got a 5k times really good so maybe now the focus would be performance yeah performance let's see how good at running we can get let's see how low we can get that 5k time or 10k time push the boundaries there yeah maybe forget the scales for a bit and then but keep all the food and nutrition on point yeah keep those things healthy and keep them moving in the right direction you don't throw sort of the baby out with the bathroom and go well stuff it okay now that i'm only focusing on performance i don't give a stuff about my nutrition i'm still going to consider that and still factor that into my day but i'm going to put more of my emphasis on my performance and then you're going to gain more enjoyment and probably going to be re-energized in a couple of months to attack that nutrition side of things again and go a little bit deeper into it good flying right next one why do men bear more calories than women dave this is a question for you because men are better (laughs) so let's have a science lesson women are built to have babies can we say that (laughs) <laughs> I just have. I mean, if they, whether if they, they wh- want to. Yeah, whether they want to or not, that's a different yeah. matter. But women are built to have babies. Men aren't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put that shovel away. <laughs> and let's get to the next part of this answer. <laughs> so women have higher estrogen levels. Yeah. Men have higher testosterone levels. Yeah. So but we both have both those hormones. Yeah, we both have them, those hormones, but yeah. in different amounts. Yeah. Estrogen, so women can have babies, store more fat. Yeah. Men. More testosterone. Why? Move on, Dave. (laughs) Move on. (laughs) So as a consequence of that, men can lift heavier weights. Yes. Well... It's relative, but in, in general. Yeah. I'm going to jump in here and say this. I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Men, by and large, have more muscle than women. 
which uh, it means that across the length of time that they train, men are likely to burn more calories than women purely because they have more muscle on average. Obviously, there are exceptions to those rules on both yep. sides of the camp. Um, but by and large, it comes down to the simple uh, science that men on average have more muscle, which means that they're going to burn more calories across across a, a time period. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for but, example, like a... But let me just say this. Both men and women both burn the right amount of calories and the adequate amount of calories to keep them where they need to be when... They have the right nutrition in place and the right exercise protocols in place. It's not about comparing one or the other. It's about just understanding that if you're doing the things that you need to be doing and should be doing, you're going to be burning the right amount of calories for your body. And that's it. It's not about comparing. The comparisons are almost mute in this this instance. Progress, not perfection. The Chasing Progress podcast. Right, your proudest moment as a coach. Oh, there are too many uh, to right. pick out from just one. Right, um, you've caught me off guard. I'd have to think about this one for a okay, little bit. Okay, you think I'll go with mine. So mine is, it was probably my, I'm going to go with second client ever. When I first met him, this is when I was training in the Hilton. So I was training as a one-on-one coach. And this guy, when I first met him, he was very, very slim, very, very shy. I could just tell it just wasn't, yeah. you know, it's, it's not your typical client. It was just very apprehensive or whatever, rather shy. Yeah. As we get on training, fast forward, let's fast forward, say, a year. Yeah. He's got a tattoo. He's got a job in London with, like, MasterCard or something. He's traveling the world. His complete outlook on yeah. life changed. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, basically yeah. transformed him, like, completely from light to dark, A to B. Yeah. It was... A complete transformation and it was just like I never as a coach I'm not bothered about weight loss like that doesn't bother me yeah that's okay. not that one that's not what drives me because that happens anyway for the people who need to lose weight that will happen anyway yeah this was like a complete mentality life yeah transformation yeah and it was like it's just it was just so good to be a part of it like uh-huh. I didn't really do much I just like I was Perhaps just coaching for you you didn't think you did much but obviously for this yeah. fella for this guy you've given him the tools that he's needed to turn his life around and change his life and, and, and change course. And, that, and I think that's the point of the whole, when we talk about personal training and coaching yeah. and stuff, it is, I coached him for about a year and a half yeah, and that's changed his life. Yeah. And I haven't seen him since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing, like it's not, PTs think that, or people think when you're with a PT, you're with them for life. It's yeah. going to cost you a fortune. For life. It's not. We just give you the tools. Yeah. In an ideal world, you train with us for like a year and then you've got the tools for the rest of your life. I look there's so many stories you know we've been doing this what 15 years 16 years and so there's so many stories along that time period that I could go back to and pick out individual people in individual moments and so I'm going to kind of sit on the fence on this one a little bit we can't have fence sitting okay you've got to give me one I'm going to give you an answer here which says my proudest moment is seeing people along the journey of their uh, life going from point a to point b and what that looks like to them. Because to some person, it Which might- Which person in particular, Simon? No, you're not going to get it out of me. You're not going to make me choose one. I'm saying <laughs> that just seeing people go from like where they start, which is generally, um, they'll come in and some people are a little bit timid. They're a little bit shy. They're a little bit scared of the environment. And like you said, you people come in, you give them the right tools and it changes uh, or alters the course of their life, you give them different, more confidence, they get better jobs, they feel like they can apply for better jobs because they feel more confident about their body, their their mindset. And I've seen 
people along that journey. I'll give you one. Oof. I'll give you one person who I can think of because we've I'm had a, we've had a good journey along Go. the way. Started training with me, um, well, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago now. Who, who did? I'll, I'll tell you now in a minute. Just please let me build the story here. Um, seven, eight years ago. And they went away and then they trained with someone else for a period of time. Um, I'm going to guess. They moved away for a bit um, and trained with this person. And while they were training there, they had great success in their job um, and they got promoted uh, and achieved lifelong goals that they'd set out to achieve from the age of 14. They'd they'd set a course for this job. Um, And that is Peter Banks, our our resident ref. No, who for me uh, went away, trained with someone else. And I remember texting him when he was training with this person, didn't feel a sense of competitiveness or, or um, jealousy that he was training with someone else. He had moved away. He had moved to a different part of the city. It was, it was difficult to get to where I was now and it wasn't convenient for his life at the time. But I still felt a sense of that I'd contributed towards his journey. And so for me, that was a proud moment. Gave him a text and just congratulated him on his promotion to then... Um, I think it was the champion, the, the championship, and he was getting promoted to the pre, uh, Premier League as a ref. Now, fast forward, obviously he's back with us and he's smashing, he's doing well. But the proudest moment came when he wasn't with us. It was knowing that I just contributed to that journey, and that was a proud moment. Um, right, Doms. Yeah. What are they? How do we deal with them? Right now, I've got Doms. Yeah. So Doms, to give it the full title, delayed onset muscle soreness. How technical do you want to get? It's basically, if we go into the muscle fibers, it is tiny tears in the muscle fibers. Micro tears, yeah. That the body's not used to. So take me, for example, I am not used to squatting over the last four or five months. So when I did a squat session on Wednesday, I have tore all the microfibers, muscles you haven't used for in a long time. You're loading them up with load that you haven't loaded them for a long time. They're going to tear deep down microfibers, micro tears, which just take a little bit longer to heal than usual. Yeah, uh, I think the delayed bit as well, if you think about that, sometimes you can train, train on a Tuesday, you feel no pain in the muscle until Wednesday. Um, so you think on Tuesday, you w- wake up, you feel good, you feel great about your workout, you feel like you, you smashed it, but there's no pain and you feel like you've got away with it. You wake up on Wednesday and you feel like you've been shot in your legs and that's just the delayed thing it's the it's the body playing catch up it's the it's typically it's, 48 hours it's the worst yeah. it's the peak yeah it's 48 hours now but that is funny because for me it's always 72 72 hours later <clears throat> i'm debilitated for a while if i've gone if i've gone silly and, and trained you know and probably overtrained a lot of the time doms can be a little bit of a sign of maybe pushing yourself a little bit too hard depending on how severe your doms are Unless in a situation like yourself where you haven't trained for a while, then no matter what you do, you're going to feel it. So I don't think, um, I know the question is just what are DOMS, but just quickly, um, I don't think we should chase that as a feeling of training as well. No, just put, I think to, it's put a, that out there. I think it's very important to understand for people who are new to the gym yeah. when they go in and have never trained in their life and it's they go in the gym and do, I mean, you can do a minimal workout. It's yeah. like squatting on a box, up and down on a box, or a couple of body weight things, press-ups, lunges, and the next day they feel absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Or the day after or the day after yeah. with the delayed. I think a lot of people who've never been to the gym before attribute that to being weak, yeah. being a failure, no, no, yeah, being yeah. rubbish, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, 
I am not weak or a failure. Yeah. I've got doms now and I've yeah, trained yeah, yeah. for like 15 yeah. years or whatever it is. Well, more it's, than that, yeah. it's the most, well, it's, it's, it's normal, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's normal. Just, it's knowing about it and that's the thing. Yeah. Like most things, it's education. So doms are completely normal. Usually when you've done something you haven't done for a long time or you do something really insane, like... Yeah, you train really hard. And I think uh, second part of that question, just real quick, and we'll move on how to deal with it. Uh, The quickest and most simple answer to that is move. Move, get as much blood to that area as possible. Don't be afraid of it. You will have to push through some some barrier of pain um, and it's not injury pain please note it's just uh, it's just um, muscle muscle soreness and potentially muscle stiffness so just get moving get as much blood in the area as possible you will thank yourself the day after work hard be consistent make it happen do you believe in the term thought behind cheat meals or treat meals I'm jumping in no I don't believe in cheat meals I do um I just think it sets up a wrong mentality. Um, uh, I, I don't believe in treat meals either. I don't believe we're dogs. We're not animals. I don't think we need treats. Um, I think if you want to eat what you want to eat, eat it, enjoy it. Uh, it's just part of your food. You're um, not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a dog. You don't need treats. You don't need rewards. Um, it's just food. And feel good about what you want to eat. If you want to uh, indulge in something that's highly palatable, high in sugar high in fats whatever it is then enjoy it have fun with it you know eat eat whatever you want to eat the next day as just keep it balanced and keeping in mind that as long as it matches your goals it's okay i think what we can do is tie in the next two questions with this because they're they're kind of related go on the next one is what actually is a balanced diet I'm actually lying. Where I just said that I do believe in cheap meals. I, I don't. Know. You don't? No, I don't. You've constantly said to me that you don't? No, because you should be eating those things anyway. Yeah. You shouldn't be restricting anything. You shouldn't be... Like, I'm I'm the worst for this, but I don't call it a treat or a cheat. If I, if I do something big, if I do a session where yeah. I've done a crazy amount of calories, I'll go and eat big. Yeah. But that's yeah, just because yeah. I want it. And I think that's because you can. Right now, where you are in your journey of weight loss or muscle development or wherever you are, you're not putting on enormous amounts of body fat when you're eating that way. You're also not setting yourself up for a binge session the next day. So again, if we're asking what is a balanced diet, balanced diets are all in relation to your perspective of where you are in your journey. So I think for a lot of people, I was having a conversation with someone this week on uh, one of my runs and I was talking about um, that there's foods that you'll eat every day there's foods that you'll eat once a week, there's food that you'll eat once a month, and there's meals or foods that you'll eat once a year. So nothing's off the the plate, nothing's you know off the spectrum. It's just about putting it in and eating it and enjoying it in the right periods of time for you as an individual. I 100% know that at this point in time, you burn more calories than I do just from the food that we eat from being alive. You do because we see each other's nutrition quite regularly and you can tell but then for some other people they might not be able to factor in or in, indulge or enjoy those meals that you eat as regular as you do because they're at a different point point. and i think we have to tie in emotions like we we said earlier like food is massively emotional yeah so like would you exa- say it's emotional to you though are you an emotional eater no yeah so for some people it's emotional for other people it's not well, for I'd, other people it's it's fuel i'd base it's, that off because i'm i'm educated on the, on the matter and i've been doing this a long time if you just take someone off were the street you an now, emotional eater though were you ever i think it comes down to mindset and 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 the type of person I you are i've gone through the stages like most people it's just that 
I've stuck with it long term and I've wanted to make a career out of this. So maybe as a byproduct of that, I've learned more and educated myself more. Yeah. But I, I remember back in the past, I was thinking about this the other day. I bought, I must have been about 15 or 16, and I bought an Atkins diet folder for yeah. a little worksheet. It cost me about 15 quid. And it was the whole thing's like, I thought I was fat yeah. back then because I didn't have like a bulging six pack and yeah. what, what you're supposed to have. So. I think back in the day, I was an emotional emotional leader. Okay. But not, not. I say not severe, but that is quite severe, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I just, uh, f- from knowing you. But that's over, like normal now. Yeah, I think from knowing you over the last, you know, however many years, I just don't think that you are that person. I don't I think you're quite, um, you're super chilled, you're relaxed, you're balanced. I don't think you are. Uh, but I think there, there will not think we know. There are lots of people out there. We have members. We know people who are emotional leaders who eat when they're done, eat when they're happy, use food as a celebratory tool. And it's not, it's not even using food. It's, it's, it's overindulging in it. You know, it's, it's not having an off switch, not having an off button. Well, back in the day when I used to, our routine, we used to have like ribs and chips on a Friday and a chippy on a Saturday. Yeah. And I used to play footy Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So I knew I could have them because I'm training or working out. Because you were going to burn it off, yeah. so to speak. But if yeah. those games then got called off, I'd feel like, because you hadn't moved. Pathetic, yeah. Again, but that comes down to your mentality, though. I don't even know that's like, now nah, nah, we're not even talking about emotional leading. Now we're talking <laughs> about like the fact that you just have a huge desire to move constantly. You love movement and you just, that's the But it's taken time to, like I had a pizza last night. Yeah. And then back and in the day. one it was, shout out Pizza Parlor on Smithdown Road. Free pizzas. <laughs> um, so back in the day, I would then feel I have to do a workout to burn that pizza off. Yeah. Whereas now I'm just like, oh, today's a chill day. I'm going to be chilled. Yeah. But I think people have that battle every single day. Yeah. And that's where like the emotions come in. It's like, I've got to train because I've eaten that. Yeah. Because that's bad. So I've got to do something good. Yeah. There's no definitive answer there. And I know people love de- uh, definitive answers because it gives them Control clarity. is a big word. It, good or bad, you mean? Good. Yeah. Control. If yeah. we can control what we're eating. And like you say, we, like I pretty, I pretty much eat the same thing every week. Yeah give or take a few things like the balanced diet has to be in relation to your goal if it's in relation to your goal then it's fine and that means that if someone's looking to lose a whole load of weight then balanced for them is going to mean restriction it's going to mean not including some things until they can and it's it's going to be having those that that mindset of there's meals that i eat all the time there's meals that i'm going to eat once a week once a month once a year um and then there's uh, your goals, uh, where nothing's really off the table at any point, as long as it, you know it matches again your goals. If it's balanced, you know you're going to have your chippy tea, you're going to have your ribs, your whatever it is that you have. But even for the super fit, always training, always moving Dave Whitney, if you turn around today and say that you want to improve your aesthetic look from now until May your diet is going to change. You, can, you won't be able to carry on eating what you're eating right now. So your balanced diet is still going to be balanced, but it's going to be balanced in accordance with your goals, which means that you're going to remove the chippy tea perhaps, and you're going to remove those things if you want to get that super lean aesthetic look because you're going to have to. Maths is maths. It's, it's simple. You know, calories in, calories out, fine, but you just got to keep it balanced. So let's tie in this last question with that. Is Go it on. better to save calories in a week for the weekend? I mean, and that's come from I mean go on who's it come from who do you think I don't know so Lou. many people Lou Lou likes to party the so weekend so if it's for Lou then yes 
Because that's where Lou's going to consume most of her calories. She's going to go out at the weekend. She's going to see her mates. Well, not now because in COVID. So that's what that's what's called like in the industry a calorie sink. Yeah. So typically, say you're on two thousand calories a day. That is fourteen thousand calories a week. Quick maths, well done. <laughs> I saw you panicking. <laughs> if we reduce that to eighteen hundred calories a day, yeah. a bad number there. Twenty one hundred. There we go. So now you're down to two, uh, eleven thousand nine hundred. So that has now opened up fourteen hundred calories extra for the weekend. No, it's opened up two thousand one hundred calories extra for the weekend. Two four six eight. No, it doesn't. Two hundred times two thousand. Oh, 14. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. My maths. Bad maths. So that's a way of opening up calories if you know you eat or drink more of a weekend. Yeah. But, but Lou loves to drink, so she's going to need more than 1,400 yeah. calories. What I would say is it's fine having a calorie sink like that, but then don't create a yeah. 1,200 calorie sink if you're going to have 5,000 calories. And you know what? I'll be honest. Like The reality is if... It's complicated. Mi- yeah, if your mindset is that you're trying to save calories for the weekend, then I'm going to say that you you're in two camps. You've either really committed to the journey of watching your calories and you're absolutely bang on and it's going to work for you, or you're absolutely nowhere near understanding what you need what you need to do. You're not going to adhere to it's, it, and it, you're not going to adhere to it. You're going to overeat during the week anyway, or you're not going to create that calorie sink like you think you are and you're going to be over your calories by the end of the week. I don't think there's a middle ground with that one. So I'm going to say that if you do this kind of thing, you're going to need to make sure and chat with your coach, chat with your trainer, make sure that you have a very, very clear understanding that you are bang on course. And accept that that takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment and a lot of tracking and a lot of... It means means you're weighing your food. It means you're scanning all your food. It means you're doing that. You're not doing that by eyeballing it, looking at your plate and thinking, oh, I've eaten a little bit less today. It means that you're absolutely on it. My advice to anyone, if you're asking about, should I save calories for the weekend? Um, By and large, for most people, I would say no. I would say just stick to the same amount of calories every day because you're teaching yourself consistency in your approach and you're creating um, a pattern and a cycle for yourself to follow. Last question to finish this first one off. We're going to brush over this very, very quickly, but this is a topic we can talk about in the future with guests when we have guests on. Yeah. Um, How does the menstrual cycle affect my exercise? Handing over this question to Dave Whitney, everyone. (sighs) The resident woman. If we look at this as a basic phase, We've got follicular phase, we've got luteal phase. In the middle, we have ovulation. Typically, we're looking at four weeks. So so first week, period. Second week, we're approaching ovulation. So you can see in the, in the gym, second week, we're looking at our peak performance. Why? Just because of the levels. We have, a, we have a spike. Women have a spike in testosterone. Okay. Like we're not talking like Arnie. Yeah. Do you just have a spike in testosterone? Higher than they testosterone. usually would. Testosterone, yeah. yeah. So... This is where you would see best performance. So whether that be lifting a heavy deadlift, heavy squats, PBs, whatever it is, you just feel good, you're lifting heavy. Once we've had that spike and we've had ovulation and we start coming down, weeks three and four, the luteal phase are the worst phase. This is Worst for what? Training? Um, just worse for stuff like pro- proprioception, strength, all those things can come down. Okay. So this is why us as trainers, and we need more education on this ourselves. Yeah. But just if someone's had a PB in week two, yeah, we need to know. We need to know this. We need yeah, to know okay. their phase. We need to know their cycle because 
we can't then be pushing that same client in week three yeah or week four okay because it's just not going to happen yeah and adding add an into like the proprioception and stuff um it's not sensible to be giving them two like box jumps or step up weighted step yeah. overs it's it's not sensible to be given females in week three and week four stuff that's too technical because there's a risk of injury there's a risk of pulling something whatever it is yeah but that's how it affects it for people on the cycle now i know we can go in depth and we will in the future with guests who know a lot more than us yeah but that's just brushing over the surface of it so that just covers the basics for now the chasing progress podcast find us on instagram at origin underscore gym thanks so much for listening to episode one we hope you enjoyed it Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Thank you. So check your feeds because episode two should be there for you to listen. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify.